Hello and welcome to Woman is Born Free podcast. This is a podcast all built on the idea that women should be spiritually, emotionally, mentally and physically free. So I'm joined by someone today who I met on a retreat back in 2021. And for me, this is Emma Forward. She just brings the idea of fun to freedom. Because I think a lot of this work and like self-development, things like that, can feel really heavy at times. And Emma's just someone who kind of brings so much character and life to it. So she started her career as a personal trainer. She was working in fitness and helping people improve their bodies. Um, but then after that, she realized that actually our relationship with our bodies and sort of our health actually go a lot deeper than just taking physical action. So then she went on her own sort of well-being journey and she now works as a coach in a pleasure coach, also working in pelvic floor and in a child hypnotherapy. So hi Emma, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. So I'm really interested in your story because I know that you focus on fitness and you, I believe, like compete in like fitness competitions and things like that. Is that right? Yes, I was. I can't remember how old I was. I think I was about 40 years old when I did a bikini competition and I got third place. Oh, my um, God. Is great. Yeah. All that brown tan and those glittering um, sequined bikinis and high heels on a stage. (laughs) And I think that because I I feel like any time, you know, I think like every woman I went on diets a lot in my teens. And I, I think whenever we think about the ideal physique and things like that, especially now, I think, especially with Instagram, the fitness model, that competitive kind of fitness body is sort of the holy grail. And it's what we all aim for. And you achieved that and you were coaching other women to also achieve that. And then actually you realize that that wasn't that wasn't what you wanted to do. And you realize that actually our relationship with our bodies goes deeper than that. Can you tell me a little bit about that journey? Oh gosh, yeah. Um, I remember going to the gym and seeing these kind of really sculpted. I've actually got a program <laughs> called Sculpt with Emma. You know, they were ripped and shredded. And it was, you know, go, go harder, push harder or go home. Um, at the time I was uh, running a business, um, a health business. I had a little boy. I wasn't getting on very well with my uh, partner. So much was going on. And yet I made it to the gym every single day with my Tupperware. And I thought, yes, you know, this is it. This is nailing health. I've got it. And then obviously my physique started to change and I, you know, my bum lifted, my six pack came in, um, my arms started to pop and I was like, yes, this is the body. Do you know what I mean? I've got the body. And then I did the bikini competition when on stage, got that, but I wasn't happy. And I was like, all my life, I've wanted this body, right? Mm. And I'm still not happy. Um, and that was when I realized that I needed to go deeper, but the very thought of letting go of that body, right, was really hard, like allowing that body to get softer. Um, and I'm still working through that now, actually, um, because as women who said that this six pack was actually healthy for a woman's body and every single woman that i saw in the gym and spoke to in the gym about female sensuality and their connection to their pelvic floor they were just like 
No, there wasn't any. Yet on the outside, they had this amazing figure that everyone was like, oh my God, you look great. So therefore, if you look great, Mm. you must feel great inside. And it's not what I'm seeing. And just the other day, actually, a bikini fitness competitor contacted me. She's been following me and telling me about her panic attacks um, and her exhaustion and, you know, her pelvic floor issues. And she's developing a hernia. And I was like, wow. And even period stopping. Um, my periods didn't stop during my competition, but a year later they did stop and I went into early menopause, which is quite fascinating really. Um, if there's a link, I don't know, we'll probably never find out, but just today I put a reel together about softness and space in the body. So, so many women come to me and they want space. They want freedom, they want to feel better. And when I ask them how they feel, they're like tense, uptight, Mm. gripped, stressed, overwhelmed. And like one of the easiest things I do is get them to create space by letting go of their belly, right? And we can't do it. We're so gripped like this tension in, in our belly that, you know, when the softness of a woman is, is wrong, is not fit do you know what I mean does that make sense yeah that does make sense and it's it's so you know like I said it's these when you look at the pictures we're like that is the image of health and I think even when you talked about getting up early every morning going to the gym like having your Tupperware and things like that I mean even now like to me I'm like or you know you can interpret that as like oh that sounds like self-love you know that sounds Mm -hmm. like you're you're putting that timing you're committing you're showing up for yourself but from what you've said, you know, and how you felt when you um, achieved that goal, I mean, did you did you feel like that came from a place of self-love? You know, where you getting up at 5am or whatever it was and cooking, doing the meal plan? Was, was, were you sort of doing that from a place of love? It's, yeah, it's a really tough, that's a really great question. Thank you. And one that, you know, my clients and me are working through because we can feel that it's coming from a place of self-love, right? And at the time I thought it was, and health is really important. So I'm not saying get up late, go to bed late, Mm -hmm. get up late, don't exercise, eat toast for breakfast and have a coffee, you know, let your belly hang out and that's (laughs) self-love. Cause that's like the the other end of it. But yeah, you know, this, I can remember my uh, boy's dad saying, you're gonna burn yourself out. Like, I don't think this is healthy. This is obsession. Mm. Um, I can remember, at the bus stop in the rain, eating my tuna, rice and avocado because I needed to eat every three hours. Um, You know, (laughs) is that health or is that obsessive? Mm. And, um, you know, however, on the other side of it, it's, it's if you're not careful on the other side, it's, oh, well, let's love our body, body positivity. Um, Let's be kind to our body. Oh, I fancy cake. So we we Mm. go to the other end that we think this intuitive eating is, oh, I'm really sad, I fancy cake, I'm going to be an intuitive eater, I'm allowed the cake. And then that can go on the other side of it. So did I think it was self-love? Yes, I think at the time I did. I was like, look at me, I'm in the gym, follow me, this is what we need to do to get this body. Um, and I was pushing my body to the, to the max and um, was pretty exhausted and I experienced burnout. 
Um, so that goes to show that my body was, was struggling. Um, I still get up every single morning. I get up earlier than my boy. Um, I never thought I would do that because he never ever slept for like eight years. So I never <laughs> thought I would set an alarm and get up earlier, but I set an alarm and I get up earlier and I do 15 minutes movement every single day. It's 50 because or 15. Believe... You what? Is that 50 or 5015? Oh, sorry. One five, 15. One five. So I do 15 minutes exercise every single morning. Um, and that's out of self-love that's out of i sit down more on a laptop um my body needs to move my spine needs to be rotated and articulated you know my hamstrings need to be stretched mm. um but self-love to me um is connecting to my body and listening to my body rather than following an exercise program and a diet anymore so this and it's been real challenging because i wasn't taught this at school i wasn't taught what self-love to me is body connection self-love mm. to me is intimate connection with yourself so into me i see intimacy mm. to me that is self-love but in a world where we haven't been taught that you know as women we haven't been taught to train and eat around our periods we haven't been taught we weren't shown to i now run a business around my cycle um we weren't taught that mm. um so into me i see um and this morning my little boy walked into the room and he said what are you doing i said i'm doing my mirror work and he was like you're weird <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and I was literally staring at myself in the mirror, looking at myself, playing a song and seeing myself because you can't have an intimate connection with somebody else if you can't be intimate with yourself. And when we use the word intimate, we think self-pleasure as in like messing down below, right? Mm. <laughs> and that's not what I'm talking about. Can you see yourself? Can you have an intimate connection with yourself? Can you see yourself? Can you take a moment to stop and actually say, I need my body feels, and I did a reel just this morning um, about letting go of the belly. Um, so many women come to me and say they want space. Well, for me, self-love is getting what you want. So if it's space, we think that space is space as in our home, space as in away from our kids, space as in, you know, going on holiday on our own. But what if space was, we crave space in the body? And how can we get that space in the body? Whereas all the gym work was um, restricting, it was contracting, it was pushing, it was achieving, it wasn't spacious, and it was an intimate connection. It's funny from what you said, because I think, you know, when we talk about self-love, you can almost think like you wake up one morning and you're like, I decide to love myself. But from everything you said, it's just, it sounds like it's a constant, when we haven't been taught to love ourselves, we are actually learning how to love ourselves. And mm. I think it's it's that I remember um, when I was like, okay, I'm going to love myself, make myself happy years ago. And I had no idea what actually made me happy. And I remember doing acting lessons and I was like, oh, this feels right. Um, but also then suddenly it didn't feel right. And then I was doing something else. And it's that constant process. And I think with our bodies as well, as you mentioned, 
you know, it's not that just self-love where you don't do anything for your body. Um, and it's not the self-love where you're, you're sort of working out every day. It's actually that connection. And I think I've definitely had it before where I've been like, okay, not exercising at all and eating what I want. Like this is self-love. And then I felt so lethargic and tired and, you know, so kind of powerless. And then I've gone for a run or something and I'm like, oh, this feels really good, actually. Um, it's it's interesting. And I think it's funny because you mentioned earlier, you said something where it was sort of, you know, when you realise this, when you realise it actually felt constricting and the fitness, that obsessive fitness wasn't for you and you were going in that process of softening, it's interesting because it sort of made me think of that, you know, being scared of losing the physique, it almost made me think of um, anorexia and eating disorders like that. And obviously I feel almost like, you know, now there's a lot more awareness around starvation and things like that, obviously being about control and being um, obviously really bad for us and not where we want to go. But I feel like with the fitness space, there's almost like less scrutiny on that where it's Mm -hmm. sort of like, you know if you if you're seen as like you're, oh, you oh you are eating chicken and you're having rice and it's not like you're starving it's sort of we challenge the control thing less um mm-hmm. did you find that process of softening because did you find other people around you was there any kind of like negativity around that um I mean luckily I started my process of softening in lockdown actually oh, like perfect. yeah so the gym um the gym closed obviously um and I started uh, I had weights at home so I was like right I'm gonna you know do this and I'm gonna come out of lockdown my most sculpted fittest leanest ever and I that started was me too yeah I started lockdown like you know I'm gonna come out of this and be back where I was when I did my bikini competition and prove that you don't need a gym and you know prove that I'm a mom running a business with a kid I'm a teacher I can do it all right I'm gonna come out and women are gonna look at me and go wow (laughs) that's when I went into lockdown feeling and I got all my weights and I can remember women coming to me and teaching them like online, you know, and putting programs together. And it was battling, it really was battling. And it was good old Instagram, actually, that um, I started to find people on Instagram that were more, uh, let's say, still fit, um, but feminine, like Mm -hmm. the word that you said, like softer. And I was looking at these women um, and they were kind of meditating and and dancing, um, but not dancing as in putting on rave music in the kitchen, you know, when, you know, going, ooh, 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 <laughs> ooh, ooh, and all that kind of stuff, you know, as we do like to get ourselves in a good mood. These women were dancing provocatively with themselves, but mm. not in a way of like pole dancing with heels on, not that I'm yeah. against that, but it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was they were dancing with themselves in beautiful soft fabric and it triggered the hell out of me. (laughs) (laughs) I've been there too. Yeah, and at the same time it triggered me, I wanted it. And I was like, right, when we come out of lockdown, I'm gonna do more dancing, you know, I'm gonna find a dance class. So, and it was all this. And then cut a long story short, I realized that these women weren't going to a dance class because when they said, 
when they say like in in growth do what you did when you were a child what you enjoyed when you were a child well i went to dance classes so of course it was oh let's find a dance class and it was like oh street funk but again that was following somebody else just like a yoga mm. class is following somebody else just like uh, my fitness is following somebody else. So when we think about yoga, often people think that that is in your body. But if you're in a class and you're following somebody else, you're not in your body. Does that make <laughs> sense? It does. And it's so funny because even like, you know, vulnerable share and thank you for being vulnerable with your thing because it definitely, I feel I can say it. But yeah, when you said, I'm going to get so fit and other women are going to look at me, I've a hundred percent been there. I had the same thing at the beginning of lockdown. I started calling it the quarantine, cringe as that <laughs> is. And I was like, and it was so my, I was exactly the same. I was like, I'm going to put a before and after photo on Instagram and everyone's going to be amazed. And it's so funny because if you look at both of us there, we're both like daydreaming about that at, at external validation of mm. like people see, like we're not thinking, oh, I'm going to feel great. We're like, oh, people are going to see me. And they're going to be really impressed. And then I, I remember, I think this was before lockdown, but I used to also be so triggered and so jealous because I was very much in my head and very much similar to you of like, you have to achieve goals and you have to do this. And I remember I'd go clubbing and I would see these women just so like in their sensuality and just enjoying the music and like so sexy and I was there, like trying to copy the moves. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. I, you know, I'd be like, and I'd go to dance lessons, and I'd be like, and I'd be like, how do they dance like that? And you know, asking people like, how, you know, how do you dance to this beat? And she was like, I can just hear it, and I could feel it. And I was just like always trying to, you know, almost trying to achieve. And it's actually, it's just from what you said, it's all like just focusing on your feeling. Yeah, and that's what I'm moving on to try and, well, moving on to teaching now. Like all the time I was in the fitness uh, business and well, I've always been in, in fitness and dance. I was numb down below, right? Mm. Like I could have a clitoris orgasm, but yeah. very, very rarely did I have an internal one right mm -hmm. um and i could use high vibe voltage vibrators <laughs> yeah. right so i thought yeah i'm having an orgasm but only now i am being present in my body intimate mm -hmm. connection flowing more going to you know ecstatic dances and even when i started going to ecstatic dance like what you said i was dancing like i would dance in a club mm -hmm. right not that there's anything wrong with that and I still do that now when I go to these dances because I do like that kind of dancing, but I wasn't present in my body. Um, so even like if we go back to, you know, what I what I used to do when I was younger, which was dance. But then I was such a good dancer. I was always dancing in my room. My mom took me to dance classes. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I made a career yeah. out of dancing. However, what I really loved was creating my own dances mm. with, you know, my nan's, um, my nan's wedding veil and her beads. Do you know what I mean? And, and dressing up and just looking. I can remember being in my nan's house when my mom was out shopping with my sister. And I'd go into my nan's room and just be like, oh, look at me and just create some dance, which wasn't a dance that you would perform on stage because it was my dance for mm. me. 
Um, and this, um, you know, and this is really, really interesting when, again, with the ecstatic dance and how the first ecstatic dance I went to, I was um, watching everybody just like you. I was like, how do they do that? But then there was men at the ecstatic dance and I was scared of doing my moves in case I turned the men on. I've had that as well. Yeah. So then I created an ecstatic dance for just women. Mm. So I hired the ecstatic dance DJ and we did it for just women. And I was like, oh, this feels safer. And then uh, one ecstatic dance, I was literally thrusting the floor, <laughs> like literally thrusting the floor. And I didn't care. I was in my body that is embodied. And I was like, wow. And then I went to another one outside in the woods. And this is where my new business kind of um, manifested through me, right? I suppose you could say I alchemized it or I felt it. I ended up climbing, almost climbing this tree, hanging off this tree, right? Now I'm scared of bugs, really scared of bugs. And although I'm this nature woman, I'm also petrified of insects. But I ended up half climbing this tree with my legs straddled around this tree, right? And I was humping the tree like a wild woman. Mm. I don't know. It was like I would had some sort of Kundalini awakening that was mm. taken over. Then I got down and I was in, you know, in the mud, thrusting and roaring and howling, right, at this ecstatic mm. dance. And I was like, oh, she's back. She's <laughs> being reborn. And I'll just share one thing that happened with my little boy. My little boy was a great dancer. Um, he would have been about five years old and he was always dancing in his room. So what did I do? Let's go to dance school. Mm. My boy is going to be a dancer. So I took him to dance school, street funk for, you know, boys and girls. And I was like, oh, isn't it great that they do dance classes for boys? And I was forcing him to go. And he was like, I don't really like it, but you're a great dancer. And then one day he said, I don't want to go anymore. And I actually listened and I said, that's mm. fine. He said, I don't think you understand me, mommy. I want to dance how I want to dance. I don't want to be told how to move. Oh, I love that. And that was a massive, like penny, like massive realization for me, you know, kids and how I'd felt in my body and growing up. Yes, I was a great dancer and I'm so glad my mom took me to dance school, but like we're told how we should be, how we should perform, sit down, be at school, be a good girl. Um, yeah. And I was like, wow. And I realized that I had um, distorted eating, bulimia, anorexia and self-harm when I was growing up. What if I was allowed to, what if ecstatic dance and roaring and thrusting and shouting and screaming and banging drums in the woods was a normal school activity. <laughs> Would I have that bulimia, which when I went yeah. to see a bulimia specialist, she said it was to do with me feeling a lack of control yeah. um, in my body. And I, I couldn't, you know, a lack of control in life. And I was at the time thinking, but my mom and dad don't control me. My mom and dad mm. are like really easy going. I don't get that. And she said it was low self-esteem and not being true to myself. Well, I was only 16 at the time, so I didn't get it all. And now I get it. I felt trapped. I felt like, if we go back to the beginning of this conversation, I felt like I had no space in my body to be who I wanted to be. 
Yeah, it's so much like, it's, I feel like when it wasn't safe in the world for women to create and be mm. as big as we are and express ourselves, it's like, almost like we didn't have anything to do other than control our bodies. Like, mm. you know, just yeah. do it when you can't make, if you're not like, I don't know, running businesses and things like that, it's like the only thing you can control and, you know, everything, all your passion, it just goes into like bodies and things like that. Um, yeah it's I was gonna ask so I, I mean I love I think a lot of women right now including myself they're on this path of liberation like you mentioned bringing out the wild women you know ditching the diet stepping outside I guess the boundaries of how we were taught to behave and all things like that and you know being this wild woman and being a bit messy and things like that and we met at a wild women retreat in Costa Rica where lots of women were obviously attracted to that concept of breaking free from the mold and I was going to ask, because I still think there's still a little bit more of judgment. You're in your 40s, is that correct? I'm 46. You're 40. Oh, oh wow. Seriously. Um, whatever you're doing was <laughs> working well. But like being in your 40s, because I feel like there's almost more, it's almost a bit like, okay, there's more understanding now that you can be a bit wild in your teens or your early 20s or whatever else it is. But then it's sort of like, oh, like settle down when you get to a certain mm. stage or it's it's you know there's a lot of judgment a, a sort of like as the older you, you get you're meant to be seen as like more conservative and six around you and things like that I mean have you found that and also how did you find being on that retreat because I know I believe you were the only mother on that retreat um mm. well there was a mother to be but, but uh mother there I mean have you ever found any kind of extra judgment I guess being in your 40s and also have it having a child Oh my gosh, yes. Coming back from that retreat was such a grieving process. Wow. Oh. <laughs> um, I loved it. And I, you know, why don't more women my age and in our 40s do this? Mm. Um, and it's because we don't have the time, we don't have the space, we don't have the funds. Yet, you know, one of my clients said just the other day, she spends £20 a week on her child's swimming lessons, right? Yeah add that up over the year um and I can remember saying to my little boy we're not having a family holiday because mommy's going on a retreat <laughs> yeah I love that that's you incredible know, yeah and I'm still paying that retreat off now um and the the how you know that selfish mother came in that I need space that I need time that this is for me and the amount of planning that that retreat took to do, um, you know, and I'm so glad I did it. And there was a grieving process coming back from that retreat because I was the mother and because I was the older one, but also there was a freedom. And that is, I can remember saying, you know, this is birthing my new business. I wanna encourage men and women that are married, that have kids that are in a relationship or that are, you know, single mothers, single parenting like me, to have more freedom to mm. do more fun things you know there's um, a great men's retreat where the men go up and they roar on top of a mountain you know oh, and let it all out yeah the men that i work with again they're restricted they to have emotional eating issues or functional gray area drinking um or feel totally depressed um, because we're apparently meant to get together, 
um, have these babies, you know, work yeah. hard, run a, a house, have these kids that don't sleep, do all these things for the kids, live our life through the kids, and we're meant to be happy, and we're not, we're dead. Yeah. With many women also saying they actually are so exhausted that they feel dead from the waist down. And that's because they are exhausted, they don't feel seen, heard, or supported, right? So on that retreat, I was like, yes, I'm doing this for the next generation of women, yeah. right? I'm doing this so that I believe that when my clients as mothers, most of my clients are between 30 and say 65 years old, um, that if they allow themselves to have space, go on a wild woman retreat, ecstatic dance, you know, do all this stuff, teach their daughters rage rituals, um, teach their daughters how to live around their cycle. And I've got a boy, so I'm teaching my boy about this as well. Then I'm doing it for the next generation. So that brings up a lot of fear because a lot of women say on the school run will go, oh, it's all right for you, or you're lucky, or I wish I could yeah. do that. Well, that's not available to me with like a little bit of a giggle. And because I fear upsetting people, um, because I want to be a good girl, I've got that in me. I then retract and think, oh, no one's going to get me. No one's going to understand me. I'm going to lose clients. You know, I can't do this. Who am I to do this? I'm too old to do this. This is for the youngsters. So that came up um, and then asking your question about being the only mother on the retreat, that was really, really interesting. I think there was one, um, there was one other mother as well. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, I was the oldest one. Oh yeah, there was, yeah. Yeah, so there was um, another woman as well and um, I was the oldest one and I've, you know, and that I've got so many sisterhood wounds and mm. fear of other women. And, you know, there I was with a, I was, what, how old was I, 44-year-old body. And I was mixing with 20-something-year-olds, right? Um, and the comparison, like looking at their body, looking at my body, and then them sharing, oh, I'm going to go off to Mexico next for a year or Bali for a year. <laughs> I'm traveling around and you know there I was like I can't do this like I have a child and I remember coming home and feeling quite down and depressed um and saying to my boy should we go and travel the world and he was like what about daddy and you know that was really it was like a grieving process like a letting go and a shedding and then realizing that I'm 46 but I've still got so much more life. Yet, you know, a lot of women, when they hit their mid fifties, are then, oh, well, you know, I've got to look after the yeah. children's children. I don't want to be that mom that looks after the children's children and keeps giving and giving and giving to others. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's, I want to be this, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, and so it's, it's breaking it's breaking the mold and one of the the biggest things that helped me heal my body dysmorphia was that retreat so i'd been to so many counseling sessions about body dysmorphia and done so many meditations um, so much stuff and you know the yeah. healing thing to be naked with 35 women yeah someone said to me when we did the naked photographs someone said to me 
we're all the same, just different flavors. And yes, that hit me so hard because it's not often, sadly, it's not often you see so many naked women together. And when you do, you're just kind of like, you know, it's all this huge thing, like getting naked, taking your clothes off and you imagine like everyone looking at you. But when everyone's naked, you're just like, oh, okay. You know, like we, we all look similar. I mean, it's much less of a bigger deal. We are out of time, but I do want to ask one final question, which is when do you feel most free? Oh, most free. When I, can I be really, really honest here? Love honesty. Okay. When I am, yeah. (laughs) So most free, when I let go of my belly, right yeah when I climb on top of my partner yeah when I am totally in control when I breathe and I allow my yoni to open up over his erect penis I love this I'm not pushing it in I'm not going right we need to get it in not licking the fingers you know getting it wet quick it's like and he allows me to be you know open soft allowing my yoni to open there's no rush and I feel totally safe in his presence for the yoni to open and then kind of allow him in to receive and then when he go when it when it's in that I'm hardly moving Yet I'm not upright with my belly sucked in, wondering what I look like, making all the right groaning noises that Pornhub taught us. But I'm actually like surrendered over him. My belly is probably, yeah, it is, it's out. I'm in like almost a hunched position that apparently, you know, you wouldn't see um, a model in. (laughs) I'm in this rounded hunched position. And I'm actually making almost primal sounds because the yoni and the voice are connected. And when I make those primal sounds and I feel safe with him and I'm relaxed, I'm open, I'm surrendered and I'm in my body, that's freedom. I think that's one of the best answers I've ever heard. I feel like we need to have another chat just about sex after that because... (laughs) I think that'd be a great conversation. Um, Emma, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Instagram at the underscore Emma Fullwood, which is F-U-L-L-W-O-O-D. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and great to chat. Thank you. Bye.